Hello and welcome to the Manifesting Makeup Artist podcast. I'm your host, Amber Tallarico, founder and creator of the What It Takes documentary and now online platform. I'm so excited to bring this podcast to our community that offers education, motivation, and inspiration. It's my mission to connect education with mindset techniques so that you can manifest the career of your dreams. If you love this episode, make sure to give us a five-star review and feel free to take a screenshot on your phone to share with your social media and tag us on Instagram. I want to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, EI School of Makeup, where artistry meets industry. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. All right, are you ready to manifest the shit out of your career? I sure hope so, because I know I am. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be doing another episode, and this episode is <laughs> its another really personal podcast episode, so I'm literally just giving them to you. I'm giving you all my super personal, uh, vulnerable episodes lately. Apparently, it's just that season, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, before I go into it, I want to like preface by saying... First of all, if you're a new listener, I just want to like really throw this out there that usually my episodes are, are a lot more uplifting. So definitely make sure you check out other episodes that tend to be a lot more uplifting. Um, while this episode is going to be very vulnerable, um, it does kind of have a little bit more of a, um, it's just a real side. I wouldn't say it's negative per se. It's definitely just truth. Um with a, an added bit, I'm sure I'll add some, you know, motivational aspect to it because that's kind of my whole uh, stick. But anyway, um, I'm no matter what, I'm actually really excited to be talking about this topic. So first and foremost, I I want to talk about what is going on right now in the film industry with the potential strikes as of this recording um it's just been heavily talked about and uh heavily anticipated I'll put it that way that uh there will be an inevitable strike now if you haven't seen there's just been a lot of noise around the mistreatment of crew members so if you're like Amber what strike are you talking about like I don't even understand what you're saying here there's been a lot of uh, people coming to the surface about the mistreatment of crew members in specifically the film industry. And it's, it's pretty much, you know, understood that just crew members in general. Now I'm, I'm going to be, I'm speaking from just the general uh, concept and the general like understanding of what exactly is happening. So it does cater specifically to television and film crew members and more so if you even go even like a little bit one step beyond that which is like union members so just keep that in mind (laughs) but everything that this podcast episode is about it's addressed to all of us it's not just the makeup artists it's not just the crew members that is only in television and film in the union because we as crew members get mistreated in all directions in all different industries and I will say I, I in my experience it does seem like the film industry is a lot more abusive than like the commercial and advertising industry. Just in my personal experience, I can't speak for everybody here, but that it's just kind of a common thing that I've seen. So anyway, um, 
the film industry has kind of always been known to be abusive, but everyone kind of has always like brushed it to the side and just would be like, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But people are finally getting sick of it. And like, even if you watch my film, it's kind of like interesting to look back on. If you watch my film, What It Takes, the documentary that I created, a lot of it is, is that it's just like, everybody's like, yeah, like, you know, you're going to have long hours. Yeah. You're going to not get paid very well for a while. Yeah. Like it is what it is. And it, you know, it's just like this understood thing in the film industry. It's like, you got to work up your way and kind of get abuse. And, and, and like, obviously nobody said those words up until now, but it's, it's really bizarre to look back on it, especially like with where I'm at now in my life and like just the hindsight and 2020 of it all, looking back on it all, it's kind of like, oh wow, like I was just accepting, you know, this abuse. And to be honest, I know that there's a lot of industries that this is kind of the case, which is really unfortunate, you know? And yeah, I feel like, I feel like in, like, you know, analyzing all this, because I'm a, I like overanalyze everything. <laughs> Looking at it, it's almost like so many of us experienced just what it was like to not be under pressure and stress all the damn time when the lockdowns happened. That, like, when we got back to work, we were like, what in this serious fuck am I doing dealing with this bullshit still? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the lockdowns, like, you know. I know so many of us experienced so many different uh, levels of, you know, what was happening with the lockdown. Some, to be honest, there are people that were straight up thriving during that time. But then on the opposite spectrum, there are people that were not doing well at all. So I want to be really sensitive to both of those cases, like both of those extremes. Um, But a lot of the people in my industry that I have, you know, talked with, and not just the makeup industry, you know, as crew members as well, just in general had a lot, I would say a much higher percentage, I think well over 50% of the people I've talked to have all been like, oh, it was nice. I was able to just like hang out at home and not, you know, have all the pressures of working on set. And, you know, for those of you, like for those of you that might not entirely know what's going on, um, here's a sneak peek. (laughs) So first and foremost, before I share some of these things from from Instagram, it's the film industry, like I said before, it's like it's like this known thing. Like we're just kind of we just take the abuse because it just is what it is. Like, you know, um, you're irreplaceable. So you just deal with it, you know, and that's the thing that's kind of like such a bummer. It's like that's that's everybody's case. Like everybody has that mentality like, oh, fuck, I'm I'm replaceable. So um you know, it, did I say irreplaceable for, I meant, I meant replaceable. So you are replaceable and people, you know, tend to walk on eggshells, I would say, and just like deal with things, uh, regardless of the abuse. Obviously there's plenty of people out there, including myself that, you know, when that a certain boundary or, you know, a certain just, um, just a certain boundary is, is crossed. I all like I've left two, I think two sets so far. I've been like, yeah, like I'm out. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to share with you guys. So there is a um, an Instagram uh, account that has been anonymous, anonymously sharing stories that they're getting from crew members 
from inside the union. And I think the majority of them are union. And to be honest, I have a feeling some of them are not all union. But either way, it's, you know, the stories that you read, um, it's so funny because I've been talking to a couple people that are not in the industry and they hear these stories and they're like, what in the heck? Oh my fucking God. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I've experienced that. Like half the things that I read on this IA stories page, like I, I, I literally have gone through it <laughs> and I've experienced it firsthand. So it's just like, um, it's, it's interesting. So let me go ahead. I'm going to, let me, I meant to have this up before I, um, looked into this. So the Instagram account is IA stories underscore. If you guys want to check them out, they're definitely, it's definitely something to, to, to check out. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just looking them up. Okay. All right. Let's see. Which one do I want to read? Um, okay. Here's one. Uh, I was a PA on a commercial. It was a grueling 19 hour day. And I walked into a room where one of the clients was getting massage. It turned out that all the clients and creative ag- agency got massages on, on the budget because they were sitting in a tent on set for too long. Uh, so interesting. So I, I work in commercial and ads majority, like that's what I typically work in. And I, the treatment is very much that it, that is exactly it. I've never seen necessarily people getting massages, but I definitely have seen the, the difference of treatment when it comes to the client and the creative agency versus the crew members, like literally crew members are peasants to them. So anyway, um, and I want to, I want to like really make sure that I say this was being sensitive because not, not every single set is like this, you guys. There are plenty, you know, of clients that I have that wouldn't be like that. And yes, there's going to be differences of, you know, what the client gets versus crew members, um, unfortunately, because it's just simply the client. But it's not like to this extent, like where it's just complete mistreatment and abuse um, or like neglect. Uh, here's another one that I really wanted to read because um, it's one that I personally am really sensitive about because I personally suffer with what he's about to share um or she could be a she I don't know uh I got pulled over after working back-to-back night shoots on a short the cop was sure I was intoxicated it wasn't until I showed him my call sheet and the fact that I was still wearing my lanyard with notes and safety pins that he accepted my word of being so tired rather than junk he still gave me a ticket and said if I was telling the truth go to court and fight the ticket I did and I won so the the, I wanted to share that one specifically because the work conditions that the crew members are under are ungodly it's it's awful um overnight shoots are in my opinion I hate them I absolutely hate them some people love them I fucking hate them and the reason why is because they're so incredibly dangerous so I wanted to share that because I personally I can't drive when I'm tired it is it's really it's really bad I have almost fallen asleep at the wheel god knows how many times it's really it's really scary for me So, um, yes, there's always the option of, you know, getting an Uber or, you know, driving with somebody or, you know, if you're on a good set, you know, I'm not union, so I don't always get the, the luxury of, you know, union rules, 
But, you know, technically they're supposed to offer a hotel if it's an overnight and, you know, there's certain hours involved. Um, but that's not always the case for non-union. So I don't, you know, ha- there's been one time where I've been on an ad campaign where they, actually there's been a few, there's been a few, I, I don't want to lie. There's been a few that have been like, Hey, you guys were on an overnight. Here's the hotel. Um, but it's it, in the non-union world is it's quite rare, unfortunately. Uh, and gosh, I'll never forget. There was one time I was doing an overnight shoot that I, I kept seeing stuff, you guys, like, like the, like the hallucinations that you see in like the horror movies of people that are sleep deprived. Like literally I thought like I was seeing, um, what are the, the gargoyles? I thought I was seeing gargoyles that were like underneath (laughs) the highways and it was bad and, you know, drifting off and it's, it's very, very, very dangerous. So anyways, besides those two, like things that I showed you, like I shared with you guys on IA stories, Definitely go go check them out and follow them. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, movement is being made and people are really starting to speak up. And it is really cool. As of this recording, a lot of studio execs are starting to see these. And I think that they're starting to realize they have to do something to uh, address this. And um, it's, it's, you know, the things that the crew members endure uh, that I have endured is not only unfortunate, but it's, it's scary in a way like the weather, you know, it's just abuse. It's straight abuse. The last two shows that I was on, you guys, first and foremost, the amount of stories that I have for what I've experienced of mistreatment, especially more specifically in the makeup and hair department is astronomical you know and it's 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 funny because like on my instagram the what it takes account i poke fun at it but they're all actually experiences that i've experienced <laughs> like i'm you know i'm 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 bringing these experiences to life and kind of making making them funny but the amount of response that I get and the amount of shares that I get because people have also experienced it is kind of alarming. And just like, for example, some of these things are like, it's extremely common for a first or a second AD to not understand our department whatsoever and assume that, you know, makeup is this thing that you literally just tap, tap some powder and their face is done where, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes. And it's like, bitch, no, a makeup does not take 15 minutes. And God forbid you're on something that requires special effects because they definitely don't understand what goes into special effects. They literally are like, oh, an alien. Yeah, like, you know, I've seen it on on YouTube. It's like a 10-minute video. So what, 10 minutes? Bitch, no, no. Um, That's a very common thing that like just in, I'll give people just the fact that they just don't understand it's kind of like I don't understand um you know the whole concept behind uh, a camera and and what it takes to build the camera like before you know before the start of the day or exactly the steps it takes to put together the lighting and all of the intricacies of it like I'm not a lighting person I'm not a grip person I'm not in the I'm not in that department I'm not in camera department so I don't know those Therefore, like, I understand that when people aren't in my department, maybe they don't quite understand the intricacies or the uh, details of what actually 
what it takes to make what we do happen, right? But then there are those asshole ADs that are dicks about it, right? You guys all know who I'm talking about. The people, the guys, the girls, whichever, that really just are disrespectful. Um, And aside from, from that specific, you know, very common thing that we experience in the makeup department and the hair department, we also have the, um, just the pressure of doing, like, not only is it just a timing thing where you're just like, you're not being respected. It's like, you're not, you know, say, say for instance, somebody asks me, Hey, how much time before she is going to be finished? Like, you know, how, how long until she's camera ready? Okay, well, if I'm doing both her hair and makeup, give me 45 minutes. And if she's finished before then, like, you get extra time. And they're like, you know, they don't, they get upset because, you know, God forbid they go, you know, 15 minutes over with lighting or something like that instead. I don't know. Um, it's, it's like, they, they just don't... <laughs> they don't care to understand a lot of the times. And when you take that where it's just like the fact that they maybe just don't understand, you know what I mean? Like it takes a lot longer. It doesn't take two seconds to put a red lip on. It takes five minutes to put a red lip on properly. You know, they don't get that. So that's one thing, but then it's a completely other thing as far as safety goes with time. Like I, uh, there was an instant on the, an instance on the last film that I was on and the AD was like oh yeah like so you need to cut his hair how's 15 minutes (laughs) and here's the thing like there's a lot that goes into the type of cut that you're doing and also what you're working with to begin with so let me just paint a picture for you guys this person that I was doing this haircut on he had about mm, he had really curly hair he, I would say with his curly hair, it was probably about three inches off of his head. It kind of was like formulating a little bit of a fro. Um, and he, um, he needed his haircut, not quite to be a buzz cut. Cause the thing is, is it wasn't a buzz cut and it was just a really, really short cut, really close. Like if I, if some of you guys know this, terminology, which I feel like a majority of you guys do, it would be like a number three clipper on the bottom and probably like a five on top. Okay. But here's the thing. Not only am like, I, I'm not the type of person that's just going to do clipper cut the entire time, three on the bottom, five on top. That's just not how I cut hair. But the, the fact that his hair was curly, the thing is, is like, I'm not trying to school anybody about this because this is not an episode about like how to cut men's hair or how to cut her curly hair or how to cut hair just in general. But just like a side note to cut curly hair, like if I were working at a salon or I don't know if I was working on a crew that I actually was like, you know, being respected and was like, hey, Amber, how much time do you need for this cut? I would quote for a curly men's haircut, no less than an hour. The reason why is because I already take 45 minutes to do a men's cut. All right. And sometimes depending on how much person, you know, how much hair that person has, sometimes it even goes to an hour. All right. So curly hair is very, you have to cut it in a very specific way. One, because it's not going to 
it's not going to lay right. It's also not going to grow out right. But also there's a curl pattern. It's not the same as straight hair. Now, like I said, I don't want to get into specifics. So the reason why I explained that is because I told them I can't do that haircut in 15 minutes. I could maybe do it in, in like 45 minutes is already pushing it for me. And they were like, oh, uh, okay, sure, sure. Well, they brushed it under the rug. And then the day of, they literally said, can you do this in 20 minutes? Can you do this? And maybe, maybe we can give you 30 minutes. And I looked at the person and I said, I'm going to get it done when I get it done. You already are asking me to do it. You told me 45 minutes to begin with. I'm going to do it in 45 minutes. You come in 45 minutes and see where I'm at. And mind you, when we as hairstylists are on a trailer doing a haircut, not only do we have the, you know, uh, annoyance of the AD team, the AD department coming into the trailer and asking constantly how much longer, how much longer, but you also have the fact that you're on a fucking trailer that's moving. Okay. So you have shears in your hand, right? You, at the time of this recording are in gear for COVID protocol, you know, mask, the face shield. So you're already not working in conditions that are typical that like you would like say for instance at a salon yes I can do that haircut in 45 minutes why because I don't have all of these things working against me to make that time longer right do you guys follow me so you know this person this you know second idea kept coming in how much longer how much longer and I ended up cutting myself and the thing is is like the safety is just not taken seriously as for crew members so um and that's happened to me before on another film that I was doing it was it wasn't with hair cutting but it was with um hair styling and I burned the fuck out of my finger because I was being rushed and so that particular time I actually flipped out. <laughs> I actually flipped because that, that one, like I just nicked my, my finger and that's, you know, all, all you, you know, cosmetologists out there that cut hair, you all know, like it's very, it's not like the end of the world when you nick your fingers, but it's still a safety issue, right? When you're working on something like a, you know, a set and a tr- like a trailer just is constantly moving, you know, the ground is not, you know, just like, uh, it's not, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's not, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but basically like, it's just not moving, right? It's just like, just standing ground. Now, um, the whole situation with when I burned myself, that was a much, much bigger, uh, injury. Cause like I had a straight up burn on my finger and, um, I actually, cause they were trying to get this person out of my chair, like, I'm talking, it was, so it was a period piece. And so I needed to do this person's hair. She had, you know, extensions. So I had to put the extensions in and then do the hairstyle. And, um, you know, it it was a whole process, right? Well, there was just constant, um, just constant, uh, like pressure of like, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? And uh, I finally burned myself. I stopped everything I was doing and I stepped out of the set and I literally took the second idea aside. I said, I'm not doing another, I'm not, I'm not getting her done. Like you guys need to chill out. Like this is not, we're not saving lives here. Like if anything, you are 
you know, putting my life in danger. Like, obviously, I'm not going to die from, you know, burning myself. Uh, but it's an injury that, you know, could potentially send me to the hospital. So you guys chill the fuck out. Um, and I didn't say chill the fuck out to them. I just said, you guys need to chill out. Like, because you're putting my safety, uh, like, completely below every, every, this, below having this whole situation, right? So, like I said, you guys, I don't want to, like, bore you with all of my, my stories of on, you know, my horror stories of being on set, but it, it's astronomical. It's astronomical, and it's unacceptable what, you know, the pressures that we're under, you know, for time, and it, it always boils down to time, <laughs> we got to do this because we're running out of time. You know, we don't, I don't know. It's like a whole time thing. Um, another thing too, uh, you know, you know, aside from just specific to the hair and makeup department that I, you know, was, I've discovered recently, I was on another shoot and this was this past summer and it was during that really, really crazy heat, um, heat wave. And the first day, there were like two or three people that were down from heat stroke, and um, it was bad. We had to cut one of the scenes. Um, it it and you know the safety was just completely put to the side. There were no tents for us crew members. Um, there was no way to keep us cool other than us chasing the fucking tree shade like. It was bad. And, you know, this was actually a union show. It was a new media union show. Uh, so this this actually was supposed to go under all of the, un- the union rules. So day three, so day one and day two, that's how we were treated. You know, uh, first day, I think there was two or three people that went down with heat stroke. And then the second day, I think there's one more or possibly two more. And I have a feeling somebody anonymously... Uh, reported about this because the, th- the third day we were going to be at a park and everybody was kind of like well what's going to happen to us like what what it's going to be even hotter tomorrow like you guys are doing nothing to to help you know us be safe and not go under these circumstances um and the next day they brought um they brought those fans like the the misting fans you guys this this is it's not funny because I don't want to say it's funny but it's interesting to look back on because when I was there on set I was like oh what are those things those things like those huge fans and they were just sitting there you know two hours went by three hours went by we get lunch they're still there it's after lunch they're still there and I was like okay so what are these things like oh oh you know what I think those must be the uh, something to do with the rain scene later on. Cause I was like, sure that that couldn't be the misting fans. Cause they had not been turned on. And on hour 10, you guys, hour 10, those misting fans turned on. Okay. Hour fucking 10. And mind you, hour 10 for that particular day for us was around 7 PM. Okay. In August, uh, was it August? Yes, in August, there's a lot of daylight. Okay, so 7 p.m. That's when the the sun starts to kind of like go down, right? 7, 7:30. Um, yeah, it was around seven o'clock that those things were turned down. So it was already the sun was already starting to fucking set 
aka it was already getting cooler to begin with. Like what, what? Okay, so those are my stories that I wanted to share. This is a, this, I can't even tell you how many more stories I have, how many more stories I've heard from other people. And um, it's bad. So this brings me to my personal burnout. So the topic of this episode is strikes and burnout. And, you know, we're already talking about the strikes. And really quick, I just want to stay like I am all for a strike. As of this recording, there has not been a strike actively yet. So I'm all for a strike, you guys. This has to stop this treatment, this mistreatment, this, you know, um, just complete disregard for us as crew members, you know, working 16, 17, 18 hours, not getting a full turnaround. And for those of you that don't know that, what is what is a full turnaround? What that means is when we work on set, it's a typical, say, 12-hour day, right? You work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So a proper turnaround would be ideally no earlier that next morning you have a 6 a.m. call time because your your wrap time was 6 p.m. So you get a 12-hour turnaround. That's like glorious. No, it's more like a mm, 6 to 8 turnaround maybe, probably even less. But the thing is, specifically in, in L.A., I can only speak for L.A. because that's the only you know city that I primarily have worked in. You have a driving, you know, time, depending on where it is, obviously, of anywhere between, we'll say, 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Well, sometimes even two, depending on, you know, the traffic. So you take that in consideration, right? There was um, a day that we did overnights and it was 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. You guys, I was sitting in traffic for an hour and 45 minutes there and about an hour and a half back. So you take that in consideration of an overnight shoot. You're already fucking tired, You know what I'm saying? Like, so it doesn't, it's not a 12 hour day. It becomes a, uh, let's see, about a 15 hour day altogether because you add about a three hour driving time, you know, between there and back. So you see what I'm saying? It's just like the utter exhaustion that is happening in the cruise. Like people have died. You know, people have, uh, there was somebody that I just heard about that literally fell off of a fucking ladder because they, I think they, if I'm understanding the, what happened correctly, um, it was like a 40 foot ladder. They fell off. They, uh, as of the time that I talked to this person, uh, that told me this, they said that, um, he was in critical condition. Um, and I think it was during an overnight. So it's just, you know unsafe situations to say the least so it I am for a strike I think that this luckily the cool thing is that this IA stories has really really shook things up for us and are giving us the voice and we are being seen by the people that we need to be seen by to make this change Uh, but to be honest I feel like the strike if we can get a strike going that's really going to just like you know, be the, the, I just think that it'll be really what sets everything in motion, like officially, right? So anyway, going on to the topic of burnout. Now, this is my personal burnout story. So like I said, at the beginning of this, this is very vulnerable. It's a very, very personal thing for me to share. But I was really, really 
driven and nudged to share this because I don't want to be that person on social media, especially being the owner of an online platform, like what it takes. I want people to understand that, yes, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. I'm a really up, positive, and happy-go-lucky person. Um, that is my personality. Anybody like that knows me personally, I am that way in real life. Um, but I, and I share all of my ways to reach success, how to gain more, uh, you know, manifest more income, things like that. And I've had a very beautiful, very amazing and fruitful career. Okay, I want to put that out there because I am so incredibly grateful for what I have accomplished um, and proud for that matter. However... <laughs> I still have times where I feel like utter shit. Now, um, I personally, right now, I'm going through a period of time. It's not, it's not short-lived. This has been going on for several months at this point where I've just experienced um, a depression. I would, I would assume that it, I haven't gone to like a doctor to formally be clinically diagnosed that it is, in fact, depression. But no matter what, I know for a fact that it is 100% burnout. Uh, burnout can, you know, come in the form of depression. Burnout can cause depression. And I think in my case, that is what happened. Um, but my point in saying all of that is I want to share this time with you guys. Uh, don't expect that I'm going to share this every single time I go through something. However, I just want to share this particular instance because it's so specific to, uh, related to working way too much. And this needs to be shared because I don't want anybody to make the same mistakes that I have. And I also just want to share, you know, everybody understands that I'm a very, um, realistic. I'm a very open book when it comes to things that I share. When I do my one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, when I do my mentorship sessions inside my, um, you know, my inner circle membership, all the members inside, they, you guys all know. And when I just do in any type of, of training, whether, you know, you do pay or say it's a free webinar that I put together, I'm always really honest with, questions that I am being asked and I do my absolute best to answer them with as much honesty as I possibly can give you know and and if if I don't if I'm unable to give super honest answers it's simply because I don't have the answer so here's here's my burnout story um some of you guys that okay so first and foremost if you listen to the episode before this episode 15 and I think on Apple, for some reason, it shows 16 because it's one off. But the last episode, so the episode before this, I was explaining this really, you know, this period of, mm, I don't even know what to call it. It was just a lot of fear. Uh, just everything in my world felt like it was crumbling. You know, I, to to preface and just to get like a little glimpse of the, the an overview, if you will, of what happened as you know fast as I possibly can it I was in the middle of moving from Los Angeles to Denver okay so I amidst 
the amidst the move I lost a dear friend and when I say lose a dear friend I mean like we are no longer friends like it was like a friend breakup whatever you want to call it she didn't like pass away or anything so I had a friendship breakup whatever you want to call it and it was really a really bad uh blowout uh then I had a somebody like um hacked into my debit card. That particular debit card was where all the money was that I had to actually do the move to Denver. Uh, And then about four or five clients that I had already worked for, the invoices were sent, were delayed in paying me. And it it totaled to a little over $6,000. And I was supposed to have that $6,000 before we did the move. And that $6,000 was going to be designated for the move itself. So, you know, the budget truck, the actual traveling, uh, the, you know, um, if we needed to stay anywhere. And then, of course, getting here in Denver and paying for all the things that we needed to pay for, for, you know, getting our, our unit. So paying rent, <laughs> you know, um, and then just having, you know, money to live off of for a couple weeks because, I literally don't have, I'm not coming to, basically I'm, I was leaving LA where I had full-time work freelancing with full-time clients to Denver where I don't have anything at all, like zero, like truly zero. (laughs) Okay. Like I'm moving from like, you know, a lot of comfort to no comfort at all. So anyway, all of that. And then some other things happened. We had no AC for a month and a half. Uh, just other things kept popping up and it was just one thing after another. It was really, really stressful. Well, because of the situation with, you know, the delayed payments, uh, I was offered two television shows. So I had to go back to LA. So I drove back to LA. So I am now sharing the new part. So the episode that I shared in detail about what I just kind of, you know, summarized for you guys, uh, kind of ended on when I was getting ready to go to LA, back to LA. So I was here for, at Denver, in Denver for about a month. Okay. Eh, Maybe a month and a half. So I was here in Denver for about a month and a half. And then I get asked to go back to LA to do two shows, two television shows, one Hulu, one Netflix. So anyway, I go back, I actually drive back, stay with my sister And all of these things happen. I don't want to go into detail because I already shared a couple of the stories of what happened with actually both of these sets. So all to say they were very stressful. And it was weird because going into it, I really was like, oh, yeah, like these are going to be such easy jobs. Like it'll it'll be easy breezy. It'll be really good money. And then I'll come back and I'll be able to just chill for a second. This is perfect. And I thought that like it was just going to be so easy, like easy breezy. Well, unfortunately that was not the case. I experienced the amount of exhaustion that I experienced is just like out of this world. Um, and you know, working on sets like that, that are, you're constantly, you know, you're just working with one of them anyways, you're working with an 80 department that doesn't respect your department and is constantly, you know, um, arguing with you about what you're trying to do, you know, how you're just trying to do your job, right? And some other things were happening. There were some uh, headbutting from, you know, with other departments that, um, you know, unfortunately, it was just a little stressful. Um, And all of that just caused a lot of exhaustion and a lot of stress. And I started experiencing 
um, anxiety attacks. It was so interesting because when they started happening, um, I, I, I talked, I reached out to a friend of mine. No, 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 no. I take it back. She actually reached out to me and she asked me how I was doing. And I was like, yeah, I just kind of feel weird. Like, um, I'm starting to, I don't know. I'm, I'm just constantly feel like nervous or something like, uh, several times throughout the day, like my stomach will drop. Like, and the way that I describe it is like, it's like as if I'm getting ready to go on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people. My stomach's dropping right before I go on. And my friend was just like, Amber, those are, those are anxiety attacks. And I was like, oh, well, okay. And this, these are the parts that I'm not going to go into detail about because in, in all honesty, it's nobody's business. But there were some personal, um, things that came up that have nothing, they weren't work related. And that caused a little bit more stress and add a little bit more anxiety to the, the mix. And I would experience these pure panic attacks of just like dry heaving crying. You know what I'm saying? Like where you're crying so hard that you start to like, it's like hyperventilating really. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. And then Finally, uh, we wrapped the, you know, second show and my boyfriend, Tony flew out. We drove back and we, you know, took our time with the drive. We actually stopped at the Grand Canyon. It was really beautiful and we get home and we get home. (laughs) So remember what I said about the AC being broken? Okay. Well, we come home to our kitchen flooded, (laughs) So, um, I guess we're on the first floor and somebody on the third floor left their faucet running to the point where it did so much, um, like, uh, it, it flooded so much that it flooded to the second floor, which is right above us. And they had so much flooding that it started to basically flood down onto us. And so we, we had, you know, it wasn't like an ungodly amount or anything like that, but it was enough that was, you know, very alarming. Like there was a very large pool of water. I would say like a centimeter, you know, um, of water, like as far as like it, you know, the centimeter off of the ground. Um, and I would say that the pool itself of water was probably about a foot wide. So maybe, maybe two feet wide. And, uh, So it was this whole thing we had to deal with. Um, And all of that happened. (laughs) And fast forward about another week, um, I ended up having to go to the hospital. I actually went to the emergency room. I was experiencing severe, severe stomach pain. And we, I, I thought it was appendicitis. I was really freaking out. We go to the emergency room. They do a CAT scan. They do an ultrasound. They took blood. They did my, um, what is it called? Uh, a urine test. They did a physical exam where they were just feeling, you know, different areas in, in my stomach. Uh, nothing came in, up in any of the tests except high white blood cell count. So... Not to like go in a ton of detail about exactly the whole experience of being at the ER, but they could not figure out what it was. So uh, they basically boiled it down. The doctor said, you know, it's it's potentially gastritis or maybe ulcers. But if you continue to still have pain, please, you know, 
go back to the hospital and and get another opinion to make sure that it is in fact not appendicitis luckily it's not appendicitis you guys so I'm fine um I really do feel that it is gastritis uh the pain that I felt uh at the time, it ended up, I was in pain for approximately 10 hours before we went to the ER, but the pain that I was experiencing, that did not go away for 24 hours. So I was in, like, um, when, when I say pain, I'm saying, like, bent over, I can't really stand or walk properly pain. Um, so it's all behind me now, which is good, but all to say that I was, you know, forced to kind of be bedridden I wasn't I mean yeah technically was bedridden I I would I basically for five days straight slept the only thing I did was sleep and watch tv and that was it I was barely texting my family to keep them in the loop of like how I was doing and barely being on Instagram I wasn't worrying about anything with getting another job I wasn't talking about other jobs to other people, um, worrying about where my next paycheck's going to go. And I wasn't worrying about anything with what it takes because luckily at that particular time, everything was totally set up and fine with where, you know, I, I didn't have to do anything. Um, uh, that was detriment for me to like be present. Okay. So, I was able to actually truly step away from everything for five days. And during those five days, it kind of dawned on me that this was all 100% burnout. Uh, Because before then, that week before, I was trying to think about where's my next, you know, when is my next job going to be or what is my next move with what it takes and really stressing myself out with that but I kept feeling this nudge of like I don't want to do it I feel no motivation whatsoever to do this but I would still push myself to just do it anyway and look into it and still pressure myself but it was like my body's way of completely shutting down to say you're burnt out you're exhausted Amber slow the fuck down rest please for once because I you know am the epitome of a workaholic I have always always worked uh a lot ever since I my first job when I was 14 years old and I don't know anything other than work 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 so that was a turning point for me and I have reflected a lot on this you know, it's really interesting of how um, synchronistic this is. This happened with what's happening in the film industry because I've really been second guessing. Like, is this? I, I've been second guessing the that I want to be. You know, in this industry as far as like film goes. I I always you know love production. So please understand, I'm talking about film and TV specifically. For I've been second guessing that ever since lockdowns. Like, is this really what I want for my life? Because it's a very specific lifestyle. And inside a lot of the trainings that I do, I always emphasize the importance of really making sure that you define what success looks like for you and what success means to you. Because if you want to have a family and be a present 
parent and, you know, be able to make all of your kids' um, appointments and make all of your kids' extra extracurricular activities, but you want to work in the television and film industry, it is very, very difficult to be able to balance those two. And the reason why is because the lifestyle of film and television is 12-hour day minimums, typically. Now, obviously, there are plenty of, of film and TV shows that don't have the typical 12 hours. So please understand that I am well aware that it's it's all over the place, but more commonly than not, TV and film is going to always be 12-hour days. So you put that in perspective, you know, you're working five, sometimes six days out of the week, you're probably not going to be able to make a lot of appointments, Right. Or, uh, you know, extra things for your kids. It just, it is what it is. So I always say if you, you know, you got to get those, um, the, the priorities, like write those out because you just have to pivot, okay? So if that's something that you really prioritize of, you know, being around friends, family, and so forth, which for me, that is something that I have reevaluated for myself. I want more time with my family and friends. I want to be able to go to a fucking yoga class and not feel like, yeah, I'll pay for the yoga class, but hopefully I don't get a job. Like I, I hate that feeling, the feeling of always being a slave to the work. I'm, I'm over it. And I felt that ever since COVID. And yes, I do know and feel that this potential strike will help uh, eliminate that to an extent, but not entirely, and especially not for the the non-union world, unfortunately. I think it's going to take a lot longer for something like that to shift in the non-union world just because they don't have a union to, you know, uh, slap them on the wrist or, you know, like fine, get fined and things like that. Uh, but who knows? I could be completely wrong. I am not an expert in, in you know, what those those rules for not, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. This is just me speculating. But I, you know, I really think that this time for me solidified everything that I was feeling. Like I, you know, seeing it's a breath of fresh air to see all these people sharing their stories because so many of us, I don't know if it was that we were too scared or, yeah, I would assume that a lot of us were fearful that if we shared these stories, we'd be blacklisted or something like that, you know, because that's very, that is a thing that happens in this industry. And it's, it's, that's, you know, a thing that really is unfortunate that we have to kind of worry about. We can't speak, uh, not even speak our minds, but like, like share the truth, you know? Uh, but anyway, I, I have decided during that time of, finally like giving myself that that you know the silence and the 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 peace that I needed and the rest I really just was like you know what this isn't serving me anymore television and film is not serving me anymore I get immensely stressed out and exhausted every single show I do so you know what it's behind me now I did the amazing cool things that I have done and I'm okay with just having it stay that and leave it behind now I'm not saying that I'm never going to work on a set again because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I, you know, I'm just like switching my priorities and actually sticking to them, uh, which is only working in the ad world, the ad and print world or men's grooming. Primarily, in in all honesty, I really want to be like 98% men's grooming and only 2%, you know, other stuff. That's, That's what I would really enjoy. And then 
completely moving my focus to um, working with what it takes. So that's just like me sharing with you guys this epiphany that I had, what I did to evaluate it and what I'm, you know, what I have set forth to do from here on out. And I wanted to share this because I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for us to always like do certain things. And I don't know, I'm just kind of like sharing randomly here. This is just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make sense when I'm saying this, but I feel like we tend to put things on pedestals and because that goal or that idea or that dream is on a pedestal because certain people are on it like celebrities or it's a certain show and it has a certain you know clout to it or whatever we put these on pedestals as if we are like we would do anything to get to that point we would suffer you know we would make our health suffer we would make our social life suffer just so that we could get to that point and for a very long period of time I was willing to sacrifice all of that to get to those points and I've been there I got to the points and looking back on my career thus far I've done amazing things and I'm really like I said earlier I'm very proud of the things that I've done and I feel like I'm finally comfortable and confident enough to say yeah, that's cool. I did it and um, I want to do something better with my life as far as, uh, not. I don't want to say what, something better with my life. I'm saying I want to better my life, meaning I want my health to be better. <laughs> I want to prioritize my health. I want to prioritize my friends and family and be able to have a life because unfortunately in film and television you it's hard to have a social life and that's a very 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 known fact so anyway if you are experiencing burnout I want to really really emphasize to please listen to your body you guys my body was already showing me signs of burnout the the feeling of really not wanting to do anything the unmotivation that is like behind it and and um when I say burnout, I really want to make sure that I, that I like decipher this. So there's a difference between like feeling unmotivated and say, for instance, you just haven't been working for a while versus you've been working so much that you start feeling a lack of passion for the work that you're like that you're in does that make sense so if you are like at a point in your life where you haven't been working and you feel motivated that I would associate more with depression versus burnout so like uh I was I'm always working on what it takes like when I'm not working on set I'm doing something for what it takes and it started to get to the point where I was like I don't want to work on this and I could put it off and put it off and put it off and feel no passion or no um desire to to continue doing more with it so that was my number one sign and then you know working on set and not being fulfilled by it I was angry when I would get to set because of the way that I was being mistreated two signs of burnout and then the second was all of the anxiety attacks that I was getting and um, my body was telling me in very subtle ways, the anxiety attacks weren't as subtle, but they were subtle enough that I ignored them to the point where my body was like, bitch, 
listen, okay? We're going to send you to the goddamn hospital so that you can sit in silence for the next five days and listen to your intuition and what we're telling you and what, what you know, and when I say what we're telling you is I'm saying what my body is telling me. You know, I, it's, it's sad to think back on because I'm usually very in tune with my body and I listen to my body. Um, but man, I was not listening to my body for way too long and my body was like, fuck you. Okay, we're sending you to the hospital. So I want to share that with you guys because I really don't ever want to see anybody else go through that. My circumstance wasn't the absolute worst case scenario, right? I didn't have to get my appendix taken out. I didn't have appendicitis. I didn't have to get surgery. Um, you know, I wasn't uh, hospitalized for more than just an overnight situation. There could have been way worse things that happened. Luckily, you know, um, I was fortunate that it was potentially just gastritis, uh, which, by the way, gastritis, it's so interesting. It's a very, not, not very many people know much about gastritis. It's a very uh, mysterious um I don't even know what it, it's not a disease, like a, I don't know, whatever it is, gastritis. Uh, it's inflammation of the stomach lining and, um, it causes like severe pain. Uh, and you know, it can be anything from just like little, little pains here to like excruciating pains for, for days on end. Uh, and there is at this point, no truly known, um, cure for it which is very interesting so not to get sidetracked with my issue but I don't want that to happen to anybody else and I feel like burnout right now I see so many people that are sharing about burnout and the film industry of all people are like really experiencing this to a degree that's like it's like through the roof and please understand to take care of yourself if you are feeling like you're experiencing burnout, you know, some of the things that have helped me um, are taking some sort of supplements. Now, I'm not a doctor, so please understand that what I suggest, I'm not suggesting because I'm saying, you know, this is going to be curing you. But for me, what has helped is uh, I actually take marshmallow root extract, which helps with stomach lining. Um, So that has helped my stomach. Um, And I have some supplements that I got from my chiropractor that are, they have like vitamin B, vitamin 12, vitamin A. So getting, you know, basically just getting my my vitamins and mineral counts up, you know, back up because I was depleted in in all of these, you know, areas. And, um, you know, definitely look into some things that, some supplements that support mental health, such as, you know, dopamine uh, boosters or serotonin support, like um, something that supports your serotonin levels, um, both in which are, two things that really, you know, help with, with stress levels. Um, I, I like to go work out. That is a, you know, a stress reliever. And for me personally, something that I do, I have a gym membership, um, to a gym that has, uh, hydro massage chairs. Sorry. And basically every single time that I go to the gym, I do my workout and then I go get a my hydro massage. And while I'm getting the hydro massage and kind of, you know, 
doing a nice little service to to my muscles I also listen to a meditation so it conclusive not like all together it's just like I'm really really taking care of my body and and giving it that time that it needs to um be taken care of you know like I said working out already is a a de-stressor but for me, I love massages. Now, do I have the money to get a massage every day or every, even like once a week? Absolutely not. Not right now. And <clears throat> so what I do to kind of, you know, uh, to, to do like to re- basically experience experience that in some way, shape or form is getting the hydro massage chair. Uh, and then after a lot of the times what I will do is I will go into the infrared sauna and that already if you guys know anything about infrared sauna or infrared light uh it's a really it's really great for the tissues of your body and um cells and things like that so i basically have i would say i go to the gym two or three times a week right now um and the reason why it's less than it was before because for a little while right before i actually went back to la for the two shows, I was going like four or five times a week. Uh, right now, I'm just taking it easy just because of my stomach situation. So anyway, those are just some things. Now, meditation, you guys, is something that I suggest every single person to do when it comes to burnout. And the reason why is because we, you need to have some moment, a certain amount of time where your body is in a certain state of mind. Uh, So find something that is meditative for you. Uh, I personally love guided meditations. So it, you know, if you're down for guided meditations, find one that you really uh, gravitate to. Um, And as far as like guided meditations, you know, there, there are so many out there. There are seriously so many out there. Um, You could do just meditating so just so you guys know like meditation some people uh it's coming around it's definitely becoming more popular now than it was say five years ago but if any of you that are listening are kind of like oh eh, I don't know like I can't meditate like I you know I have ADD my brain never shows off like no no it's fine like I understand that because I suffer from ADD too and I literally said that to my mom when she told me to meditate for the first time I was like mom you don't understand I have ADD it doesn't work for me okay bye um but no I'm obsessed with meditation now and I have ADD so I it's possible (laughs) it is possible um but I know that initially it's hard to get into you it's just you know just like riding a bike you have to you have to get on. It's going to be weird. It's going to be wobbly. You're going to like fall off, aka either fall asleep or, you know, get distracted. But once you get the swing of it, um, it, it becomes almost second nature. Uh, so uh, talking about, there's also different types of meditations too. So there are, you know, you could do walking meditation, you could do just literally sitting in silence. You can look at a candle flame or even like a bonfire. We're in fall season right now. Mm, I can't wait for the bonfires. And just look at a bonfire. Look at the fire. Uh, meditate on it and just, you know, take in the flames and just literally stare at the flames. That is a form of meditation. You can meditate while you're taking a shower. Um, and please understand when I say meditate during a shower, I'm saying like you can, you know, just basically the whole concept of meditating or meditation 
is that your mind is focusing on one thing and one thing only. And it's just, it's, it's, it's allowing you to not have the distractions of all of the thoughts that you have coming at you at once. So you're, you're thinking about one thing and one thing only, right? So you, you know, it, it, that is and and, you know some people find putting makeup on meditative there's a a makeup artist that shared that for her that she uh inside the inner circle she was sharing that a meditation for her is in the morning when she takes the hour and a half that she does to put in her put on her makeup so that's a form of meditation you're you're focusing on one thing which is putting your makeup on get being creative Painting is a form of meditation. Making jewelry is a form of meditation. Uh, You know, let's see, what else is there? Anything that just calms your mind and makes the, the chaos of your thoughts go away. So if you're in the shower and, you know, you're just thinking about your day, you know, just taking the the time to just like think about what your day is going to be like that is one way of being focused on one thing and one thing only which is okay let's take you know time to visualize what my day is going to be like or you know something you could do is do affirmations you know that's a form of meditation there's a lot of different ways to meditate so uh that's something I suggest is probably it's free. <laughs> so that's, I, I would say the number one thing I would suggest to anybody that is experiencing burnout. Now, there actually are meditations and hypno sessions, uh, hypnotherapy sessions that you can listen to that are all guided meditations that address burnout specifically. So definitely do some research on that, you know, see if that's something, uh, working out is a form of meditation, you know, um, so find what works for you, I always say this, what works for me doesn't always necessarily work for the next person. So you do have to find out what works for you and, and stick to it and feed your body the nutrients that you're lacking. You know, obviously you do typically have to go get like a test of some sort with like blood work to figure that out. There's plenty of people you could go see. You could go see your, you know, uh, your general practitioner. You could see a nutritionist. You could see somebody that's holistic. Um, there's a lot of people that you can see, whatever, whoever you're comfortable with to find out the things that you are depleted in is very helpful for something like burnout because sometimes it could be your, you know, adrenal glands, you know, your adrenals are just completely depleted and you're experiencing fatigue and it's a whole snowball effect. Uh, It could be your thyroid. It could be, you know, there's so many things. There's just so many things. Uh, And then another thing too is, you know, in my situation, address where you're at figure out why do you keep feeling the need to push it away or to put it off? Why? It could be because you are experiencing the lack of, you know, your adrenal glands are out of balance. You're, you know, you might be experiencing fatigue because your, your thyroid is out of balance, so on and so forth. So it could be something physical. It could be something, you know, in chemically, um, but it could be something emotionally, which I feel like it usually is. (laughs) And it could just be that you're not fulfilled by what you're doing. So for me, what I realized what I wasn't being fulfilled by was feeling like I was a slave to somebody else. (laughs) Meaning working, you know, the way that the film industry works is you're working 
endless amount of hours for very little pay in retrospect. Like in hindsight, really you're not being paid that much. Of course, there's jobs that have a much higher, you know, day rate than others for sure. But in comparison to what some other people make in the type of, you know, work that we're doing, uh, typically we're not making as much. Um, So that was what it was for me. I was feeling like I was constantly at other people's mercy. And I'm sharing this with you guys because this is how I feel. I'm not sharing this because I want you guys to be like, Jesse, you guys know you're at other people's mercy. I'm not saying that. I'm just sharing you what epiphany I had about when I was addressing why do I feel the way that I feel. And I decided, okay, uh, I'm not going to work for the rest of this month. So for the entire month of September, I have not worked. And I don't plan to. Right now, it is um, it is September 23rd as of the recording of this. And I don't plan to work the rest of September. I literally am taking the entire month off of working on set. And that makes me so happy. I'm not nervous about anything. It's actually kind of wild. I, you know, I feel so much better about what's to come because I feel like my mental health is finally being taken care of my health in general my body is finally getting the attention that it's needed for you know 10 years now I've been doing this for 13 years but the the way that I was working you know just exhausting myself time after time was the last 10 years of living in LA so that was a choice by the way this was a choice So please understand that I was never forced to do any of this. And I'm not saying that, oh, poor me, poor me. I chose that path. But now I am choosing to do a different path. So I want to say this, you guys, it's totally okay to choose a new direction. You can still stay in the same lane, but maybe go in a different direction. Uh, You know, the end result, you know, is still going to be the same. And, you know, that there's just so many different directions to get to one place. So for me, I'm kind of pivoting for, you know, lack of better word. And it makes me happy. (laughs) The decision that I've made, it makes me happy. And I know listening to my body, that that is the the direction to take. And just so you guys know, like I'm kind of like saying this in like a very happy tone of voice. It was incredibly hard to make that decision. Trust me when I say I have had endless nights of insomnia, you know, crying fits because I feel so lost. But at the end of the day, it was the universe's way of just repositioning my direction and saying, hey, you know, you're going, you're going in, you know, this direction, like, I think that it's a little bit better for you to go in the other direction. Yes, it's in the same, you know, it's going to be on the same highway, it's going to be in the same lane, but you're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I don't even know if that even makes sense, but you guys know what I'm saying. You guys understand what my my point is there. So, uh, you know, I I definitely want everybody to know that it's okay. Like if you're at, you know, I've talked to so many people that are at jobs, nine to five jobs where they feel horrible, just horrible. And they want to, they do want to go into film. And by the way, I really want to emphasize, and I think I've already said this, I am not saying to everybody, don't work in film. I'm sharing all of this because it's a topic that needs to be talked about. And I want to share like my story of the mistreatment of the, you know, 
burnout and the exhaustion that I've experienced, uh, but also to share my exact uh, position of where I'm at now and how I'm how I am tending to it, how what I am doing with the experience that I had. This is not going to be the case for every single person, but if you are in a position, because here's the thing, my burnout that was directly connected with, you know, working, being exhausted from working in film, that could be for you working at an office job nine to five and you hate going to work every single day. Sometimes you just have to, you have to prioritize your health, your mental health and your needs and just shut that door completely and leave. And sometimes it's it's scary, it's uncomfortable, the growing pains are really, really painful. But once you do it, it's um it's invigorating to say the least. I feel I feel so good about this decision. And like I said, I didn't feel like I'm not I'm in a very good place right now as of this recording, but you know, a week ago I was a total hot fucking mess because I was just so confused and so lost and just so you know like it's not like it's a you know a snap of a finger like oh just quit my job and now I feel great about it you're not it probably isn't going to go that way it could but the chances of it it's very uncommon (laughs) that you're gonna be like oh yay and then you know but for all I know the next day you know your dreams could all come true it's anything is possible but anyway I wanted to share all that with you guys so you understand that you need to listen to your body. Please take care of yourself. If you're in un, you know, um, unsafe situations on set, you have to set the tone and make it known that you <laughs> respect yourself more than you respect being t- taken advantage of. Does that make sense? So, you know, if somebody's going to disrespect you, like you shouldn't be there. It's fine. It's totally fine. All you have to say is, you know what, like this is um, a great opportunity. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and step away. And, you know, for some reason, so many of us are so scared to do something like that. But when you prioritize your self-respect so that you can demand to be respect, it opens doors for you. Like, it seems sometimes scary because we think, oh, my God, if, if I leave this set or if I speak up about this thing that I'm not feeling comfortable with, I'm going to be blacklisted. I'm going to be, you know, nobody's ever going to hire me. And, um... I don't really believe that that's the case. I really don't, especially now, especially now this, this whole movement is being brought to the surface that trust me when I say you will be fine. Now, am I, you know, is that going to be the case for every single person? I can't say that for sure, but I just hope you guys take care of yourself listen to your body, stand up for yourself and your rights as a fucking human you know, we've been so mistreated for so long and, you know, we need to start sticking up for ourselves when it comes to our individual situations, not just saying things on, you know, reposting things because anybody can repost anything, but, you know, actually taking a stand when you're in those moments. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to share. And I mentioned earlier that I have 
taken this entire month off. And with that being said, for the rest of this month and into October, I am opening my availability for those who want one-on-one coaching sessions with me. So this is something that I've wanted to do for so long, but the reason why I couldn't do it is because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a job. So I'm really, really excited to say that I am finally opening up that availability to those who want to work with me one-on-one. I get direct messages all the time from you guys asking about what to do in certain circumstances or what direction to take or who to reach out to in certain, you know, uh, certain circumstances of, you know, where they're trying to break in and the industry and so on and so forth. And I have so much knowledge and so much perspective that I can give. And above all, motivation like something that I am really passionate about is motivating you guys and getting your spirits up and inspiring you guys and it's my forte it's what I'm an expert in it's what I thrive off of I love to help others and you know while I've had bad you know experiences on set that's besides the point I have experienced so many different types of work environments different types of you know, industries that I can help so many people and I would love to help you. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, there is a link in the, in the description of this episode and it will directly take you to making an appointment with me. So definitely check that out. And for those of you that are experiencing burnout, for those of you that are experiencing fear, exhaustion, things like that, I also am a Reiki Healy Healy? Reiki healer practitioner. And I have been actively taking clients for the last uh, year and a half. And the stories, the feedback that I get is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm actually going to be sharing a story that I have with Jenny Thomas. Shout out to Jenny. She actually was recently in a car accident and I have been helping her with sending her distant Reiki. And The experience and feedback that I've gotten from her of how, like, what the the um, Reiki has done for her, it it's just incredible. And she is one of like dozens and dozens of people that I have worked with. And Reiki is truly a magical, magical healing practice. And I want to help as many artists out there as possible, especially during such a time like this. So if you want a distant Reiki healing session, trust me when I say it is very potent. So don't think that the distant aspect is less or more than when you actually get an in-person Reiki session. And to be honest, I feel like our industry, the way that we work, it's kind of better for distant anyway, because um, the timing of it, because our hours are just so, you know, so different (laughs) that it's not a typical nine to five situation. So anyway, if that is something you're interested in, just to give you uh, just an idea, some of the things that Reiki can help with, one is exhaustion. Uh, Specifically with Jenny, she was in physical pain and uh, she had a lot of things with her, just just mental, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Her mental state of mind. And we, we worked on that specifically and she has 
really this the pain that she was experiencing has significantly gone down her spirits you guys when I started working with her she was at a very uh low frequency and now she's just a light she's back to her really bright and uh happy self she I, you know she, obviously there's still room to grow with that she's still healing but it's really cool and you know I have worked with so many others that have experienced very similar things as well and so I want to share that with with you guys um in the in this time of <laughs> what's going on in in the world with our industry so please definitely take a look at the appointments that I have if you want a Reiki healing session or if you want a one-on-one coaching session definitely check out the link that's in the description of this episode and I cannot wait to work with you guys like I said I love helping you guys I have so much to offer and I am so excited to finally be able to say that yes I am able to give myself uh to you guys and help you in a much much more intimate way so that's it for this particular episode. I hope that it served you. I hope that uh, you got a lot out of it and maybe, you know, it sparked some something, you know, uh, of value for you individually. Okay. And if you like this, please make sure to share, share, share. I love it when you guys share and especially when you tell me your takeaways from it. Uh, it's always helpful to know the takeaways and also just to know that you guys like what I'm putting out. So definitely make sure that you share it if you did like this episode. All right. Okay, you guys, please take care of yourselves. Cheers to you and your success. And I will, uh, I guess, just see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.